Today I'm speaking with Craig Ryan, an actor and producer based in LA. Craig's been involved in film and TV for the past 10 years. He first came to Thailand in 2017 to shoot Haphazard, an action film shot on location in Bangkok. Craig and I have known each other for a couple of years, having worked together on a film project. We talk movies, of course, Thailand and travel, as well as discussing some of Craig's upcoming projects. Here's my chat with Craig Ryan. So, Craig Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man, for having me. It's beautiful here. Beautiful weather, beautiful country. Uh, let me think. I've been in Thailand now almost three weeks as a Monday when I fly out. And uh, let me think. This is my fourth time here. First time to Pi. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. So this, um, just so the, the listeners know, so we're sitting. I think I did one other podcast here. I kind of hop around doing them in different places, studios and stuff. But, yeah, today's on the, the iPhone mic and we're sitting on my deck and it's about, must be about half past five. So the sun will probably lose light towards the end of the podcast. But, um, yeah, you've been staying here for a few days. And how long have you been in Thailand this time? So I was in actually Singapore for four days, uh, visiting a few friends. And then I got to Bangkok, Bangkok for a week, um, Phuket for about a week on New Year's. That was a great time. And then uh, met you in Chiang Mai at the airport. I think we spent a night there and then did that uh, fun drive uh, up through the mountains. And then, yeah, two or three days here now. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And you've been how many trips to Thailand now? Four. Four trips. Number four. Yeah, I love it. This one's know? a recreational trip, right? No, yeah, no I mean, work. like, I don't know. I always try to say that, like, it's business and work. Because whenever I'm here, you know, I talk about movies. There's a lot of people such as yourself that are in the business and love talking about films. So I always like to make time and go do that. But uh, I like to say it's a holiday. But at the same time, you know, my first film I ever shot was in Thailand and Bangkok about two or three years ago. So I always have a... Uh, a little bit of a kin kinship with the country as it relates to my profession, film and work, you know? Yeah. So it just, it always becomes a subject uh, that I end up talking about whenever I'm here. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we, we met, I think we met about two years ago and we had quite a journey through the attempt of making dark <laughs> karma, which may still get made one day, but I, know, I won't get into the detail. Maybe yeah. we will actually in a bit, yeah. uh, you know, into the, the, the emotional ups and downs of that process. Mm -hmm. But, um, but before that, you you you'd made a film. You made a film in Thailand, right? How long? Ago yeah. Was Hap, so haphazard. Yeah, haphazard. So it's in. Uh, say it's being sold right now. We had it released uh, through AFM, the American Film Market in Los yeah. Angeles, and then prior to that, we had a release in Spain at the No Identity Action Film Festival. So it was this fun, you know, Guy Ritchie uh type film that I shot. It's my first film I've ever done. And it was a really unique opportunity when the film was brought to me. You know, I was just going through the regular hurdles and hoops that up-and-coming actors go through. You're doing the rat race in L.A. and trying to figure out what your next project's going to be. And I had this really unique project come across my desk. And uh, one of the producers approached me about it and uh, told me that they're shooting in Thailand. And when I hear the word Thailand, I'm like, geez, that just sounds so far away. But also interesting. Had you, know? you had you been here before? No, no, oh, no. So, that so yeah, so that was you. that was okay. what brought me. No, film brought me to Thailand. Yeah, I mean, right. I've I've traveled, you know, my fair share. But uh, you know, Thailand 
on one hand, Southeast Asia, a little bit out of the norm of, uh, I guess, I don't know, my comfort zone, so to speak. And uh, I came out, uh, I got in on New Year's heading into 2017, I'll never forget that. I came out, I met the writer, director, other producer in Bangkok, we had lunch, uh, got on really well, got to go see you know, another side of Bangkok, you know, from what people see at night versus what people see at day and, you know, got a real uh, visual aesthetics of the country. And then, um, you know, kind of did a little bit of a holiday after that. And then no joke, within two months, it was about uh, after my first trip to Thailand, I was right back here yeah. for about five, six weeks. It was like, you know, a three-day, uh, three, uh, three-week, four-week shoot. And then, um, yeah, so films what brought me here. Yeah, right. And yeah. Can, can you remember? You were saying something the other night, actually, about... Oh, I can't remember exactly your words. I'm mm. paraphrased slightly, but you were just talking about what it's like landing in... I've been to LA, right? But, you know, like... Bangkok, oh, the smell. We were talking about the smell. Bangkok is just so yeah. different. Well, right, I'm reading... So. Well, yeah, I was telling you, I'm reading Shantaram right now, oh, yeah, which is right. this is the perfect place to be reading it short of India and you know he talks about you know how he broke out of the prison and he's on the airplane and right when he lands in Bombay or Mumbai he talks about just the smell yeah how it just stuck with him it was just such a unique smell uh and when I got off the airplane uh my first time in Thailand December 31st right before the stroke of midnight uh I just smelt that humid it was just it was such a unique smell i don't know how to explain it. it's just it was just the smell of thailand the smell of bangkok at least and it just always stuck with me that smell uh and uh yeah it's just it, it was definitely it definitely <laughs> Good smell bad smell. yeah it was like just, a little it, was, it, it had like smell. a tropical it had like a tropical smell like you know i've been to the caribbean a bunch and it smelled like you know something you'd maybe smell in the caribbean that sort of you know nice smell but then it had another smell that was not so nice and then you know you you put that together with the town itself and i just thought i was transported to another oh, universe I, I, another planet that i can night. remember going to india like i traveled to india when i was yeah. 20 no i was 18 i think mm -hmm. 19 the first time oh, I went wow. from the uk mm -hmm. i was like pasty white and ginger and but I had never been anywhere, really. I think I've been to France, but I can remember. Same kind of experience in a different way. Just the sensual yeah. overload. The sen you know, overload of the senses. And I remember landing on oh, this day, 45 degrees. It was fucking great, really. <laughs> like, just the education you get through that type of travel. Yeah. And it's a real shock to the system. A different kind of place. I mean, L.A., you know, yeah, LA too. Like you LA, know, LA has LA it to too. Is just like... I mean, you get so desensitized, uh, you know, because I live in LA. When I first moved there, I was, I always said that it smelled different. You just looking at it and just, you know, I grew up in a small ski resort town. So uh, moving to LA was quite a change in scenery. But no, there's nothing like the first time. Uh, I still smelt it when I came this trip, but nothing like my very first time touching down in Thailand, you yeah. know, it just, it, it just, it just, it's always the first time going somewhere. Um, now I'm a little bit more used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, movies, I want to, mm -hmm. I, I want to talk movies. So, I mean, you've, what you've always been, you've always wanted to be an actor. You know, I've just always loved movies. I don't know how else to put it. Um, movies were my escape as a kid. I had a great childhood, but I always was just, 
very fascinated with film, you know, movies in general, how they're made, what it takes to make them. I grew up with a lot of celebrities and their children I went to school with. So I grew up knowing Bruce Willis, Demi Moore. They would come to school regularly and pick their kids up and have me over for play dates. And I just was always very um, mesmerized, particularly by Bruce, you know, just because he's this big action hero guy. But he was yeah. just so, so cool and down to earth. And I just, you know, thought of them as not human, if that makes sense. Just people that are just immortals in a way i just i don't know i always put you know celebrities actors in particular on a pedestal and uh i moved to la right after high school and i got a job down there to work for um one of my dad's friends uh head hunting companies if people know what that is it's kind of in the tech world which yeah, you're familiar yeah, yeah. with you hire software engineers most people who listen to this will know yeah yeah so they know exactly yeah. what i'm talking about i didn't like it but you know it paid the bills um i can so, see you as a recruiter actually yeah but i yeah exactly you well, know what? Eddie, eddie wants to make a film about a crazy recruiter well right? i'll talk with him about that, it because it made be a, me feel that way you'd, you'd fit it, that part as well, yeah so. it's it's you know you're selling a product that you have to believe in and the same goes with film you know you're selling a product a movie you believe in and you're trying to get money for it so it's kind of if anything i should be grateful to that job because it helped me in terms of my sales pitch on the producer side uh you know not the creative side as an actor but anyways long story short um I had that job I you know down in LA one of my mom's friends runs one of the big acting studios down there and he said uh you know bring him in have him come to classes you know I went loved it but just never sunk my teeth into it fully and it really was just something always on my mind but I was just such a procrastinator about it and just didn't give it my all you know because I had other things I was dealing with and it wasn't until like I was talking about going to Thailand making my first film being on set you know I got into SAG prior to that you know going on set in a few small parts so that teed me up for you know doing my movie in Thailand but I just think when you're on set you really know if this is something you really want to do for the rest of your days, yeah. if it's something you really love, something you really like. There's just so many moving parts and so many things that happen that are going on. And that was like almost a drug in a way. It's like something you want more of, something you want to do, but you also um, want to be very selective in what you're doing. And as of right now, I'm working on a big budget independent film that I'm shooting in Budapest in June. Uh, a little bit of a step up from the other film I did in Thailand. Um, What's that called? Can it's you... called, yeah, so it's called The Man Who Saved Paris. So my producing partner is a third-generation producer. Uh, he comes from a very long lineage. His name's Dean Zanuck, and his grandfather, Daryl Zanuck, was the original um, founder of 20th Century Fox. He built it from the ground up when it was nothing and made it into something. He discovered everyone from Marilyn Monroe to Audrey Hepburn to... You know, you can go on and on. And his son, Richard, Dean's dad, he um, worked at the studio. He was about my age when they hired him. And then he broke off and formed his own independent brand. And the first two films he cranked out were The Sting and Jaws. He found a little un unknown named director by the name of Steven Spielberg. And he gave him his first shot at a big movie. So um, my partner, Dean Zanuck, he's taken me under his wing. He brought me on as his partner, the lead producer with him. And uh, he's giving me an amazing, unique opportunity to uh, be involved in the film on camera as well. So our leading cast is Stanley Tucci. 
uh, from Devil's Wear Prada, Jean Renault from Leon the Professional. We got Christian Scott Thomas, who um, did actually Thailand film Only God Forgives, uh, and uh, The English Patient. You know, two of the three are Oscar nominated actors. And uh, we have a lot of other people that might be joining the ranks as well. So a lot happening. And just to give you a quick synopsis, it's about a uh, brothel owner uh, during the 1940s in Paris. Stanley Tucci, and uh, he's pretty much tasked with restoring the city's image of romance, light, um, you know, all the things that Paris is known for after the Nazi occupation. So it's it's a it's a uh, it's a romance. It's going to be a very unique film. I think outside of the cast, the strength of the film's the script. The first time I read it, I was like, oh my god, I got to be involved in this film. I'd love to read. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will. Yeah, yeah. and I just. I gave, you know, you got to give everything, uh, you know, to this. And that's what I've learned is you really have to give it your all. And I've given everything to this project in terms of all my resources to helping get it financed. And we've gotten it so far and we have, you know, everything we need to now make a completed film. So we're very blessed. We're very lucky. Dean calls me the lucky one. He's been at this film for 10 years. Oh, has he? <laughs> so, so you know, I've been at it for one year. So to, to go back to what you and I were talking about, how Dark Karma, it took us a year or so well, to get it to where it was. I started, I mean, actually, you know, the I don't know where I read this, but I think the average the average turnaround on a film is seven years. So no, from, absolutely. So from idea to screen, right? It is. But, um, you know, when, with Dark Karma, I... I started off with a different script when I was living in yeah. Singapore, but that was actually 2012, I think. So what were you now? So that's nine. Well, now it's 20. 2020 nine, is nine, a few seven, days. Eight, eight years. Year. Yeah, so seven, eight years. So I, so I, I you're right there in that Well, I then spot. rewrote it when I got to Thailand, but that was 2014. So yeah, I mean, six years. It's, you know, and we, I mean, I'm not focused on it now, but... Uh, you know, I put it down for a year, but I mean, the journey I had with you, I think, was about a year. It was right? a year, yeah. You know, and independent films are just so hard to make if if you don't have a studio writing the check, and everyone wants to see, uh, you know, the Avengers and all these um, amusement park looking films that are obviously very well done, a lot of work behind them. But um, my goal is to be a part of stories that. Uh, I don't know necessarily change other people, at least change me, you know, with how I feel about things. But I just think one one thing about longevity is you just got to be very meticulous in the work you've done. Like I said, I'm coming up on my film of almost being wrapped three years ago uh, into March, you know, and that was the last time I was on screen. And uh, I really, um, you know, just believe in choosing the right material. And, you know, back to your project, I think that project definitely has a lot of... Um, upside a lot of potential that's something that will get made uh you know you just you know what it takes to get it done the commitment you have to have and just oh, so man. many I things mean, I, have to happen at once i went to the afm you know i kind of go yeah, in, exactly. into the in, the thing i find challenging about the movie industry and i'm by no stretch an expert you know i spent a few years in the process of trying to get a movie done but it taught me a fucking shitload but yeah how do you you know how do you and you you're in the heart of it over there but how do you deal with the bullshit without becoming the bullshitter? You know, that was, yeah, you know, that was I think I kind think, of that yeah. was the question. I because you almost have to skirt on it sometimes, especially when you're in yeah. there, especially when you are trying to create energy and raise money, and you know you have to kind of live the bullshit a little bit. So the Golden Globes get, was just a couple of days ago, and I was just watching a little bit of the reruns last night, and I was like, this is the exclusive group of people 
that have made it, you know, yeah. that have gotten through the bullshit. And they just, I, I mean, this is my view. I don't want to speak for anyone, but to me, they all seem like normal people, at least my kind Absolutely. of people, like-minded yeah. people that, um, you know, have a lot of success under their belt and they've all had to deal with it. There's just, it's such a narrow lane to get through, you know, to get to that next level. And unfortunately, um, there is just so much fucking bullshit. <laughs> Uh, there are Tell people that I just can't believe. I I just it, it blows my mind some of these people that they not only say what they say, but they actually believe in what they're saying. If that makes sense. Like yeah, there's no, no. people yeah, I mean, that are lying. Yeah. yeah, no, they believe their own bullshit. But there are some people that lie and they know they're lying, you know, like they're aware. I'm just trying to pull this on someone. But then there's another level of bullshit where there's people that really believe in their bullshit, yeah. you know, just absolutely delusional. And I don't need to name names, but, you know, of a few people I'm talking about from our experience. And um, I don't know how these guys pay the rent, buy cars, buy food or what they do. Uh, it's really sad, you know, because it gives Hollywood a very bad reputation. There's people out there that have their dreams and hope crush uh their hopes crushed by these people. And I've definitely have dealt with numerous, uh, sharks and people, you know, coming up through the ranks. And when you get to a level of guys like Dean and the people I'm working with now, you see through it so much faster, There's, you know, those guys, yeah. those guys operate in such a different manner than the bullshit people. So for me, I pick up on it now relatively quick. I think it's a rite of passage um, in this industry to deal with them yeah. unless you're just so you know when the lottery ticket you're discovered well, you gotta climb your way yeah out you of have the, to the exactly to the roof, right? you have to i mean you got to take so many punches and just you know keep moving forward and uh and and that's what it's about so i actually am grateful to some of those people because some of those bullshit people have taught me a lot, you know, uh, because of their bullshit. If I that remember makes reading, sense. I was reading an article by the, I forget his name, but the guy who was, I think it was a writer director that did Black Swan, the ballet. Mm -hmm. you remember that movie? And yeah. Really, but he was saying how, um, and I mean, I forget, he's done about seven or eight movies. Yeah. yeah, like, I think he actually did the one about the arc as well, Noah maybe. Mm. In fact, that Noah movie, I'm sure, I might be wrong, so if I'm wrong, because it might be two stories, but. The Noah movie, I was, remember, he was saying, like, you know, 20 years from idea to screen. Mm. But anyway, he was saying that whenever he was whenever he was in meetings in Hollywood with anyone, he just had a mantra in his head which made him always deal with things in the right way, which was, they are lying, they are lying, they are lying. No, so yeah. like, And he was, like, using this as good advice. He's like, if you just go in with that mantra, you'll see through the bullshit and you'll... But no, you're I right, just it, assume just, anyone I meet's a liar unless it's, like, you know... Steven Spielberg or someone like I just assume but, this person like what is in it for them yeah you know I, I like to see the good in people um I'm very jaded from this industry I mate, and you're only how old yeah 27 and you're so fucking jaded yeah already. like I uh I'm lukewarm but I'm also I'm a nice guy once you get to know me but I'm very I just I'm very picky about my circle of people now I got no time for bullshit uh, you and I were just talking about before you started recording this, how you were saying that you're just very, uh, pragmatic, pragmatic. Yeah. exactly. Which that's, a, yeah, that's, that's probably nice. a more positive word than I would have used. Yeah. That's a nicer way to put it. Um, 
and that's completely fine. You need to be that way. Uh, you know, because when, when you think you've heard it all, you haven't. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like, I literally have thought at like, this young obviously, age in my life, my podcast I've heard it all. Reach, but we can't even and go then, into the I mean, details. I, I mean, yeah. I, was, I was just, I'm not going to name the guy again. I'm not going to name any of these people. But uh, the good thing was, I think, you know, on a plus note, the, I mean, when we worked, yeah. worked together, which it was working over that year, you know, like you put a fucking fair play to, you know, you put a huge amount of time and your own money and I did the same. And, but we had, you know, some really great people as well. I mean, Theo, who, you know, from a completely different Theo, space. Theo, Eddie, and, you, know, those, you. Those are I mean, I went from that... Thailand to Australia to talk with you guys. So, I mean, the commitment was there on all spectrums. I think uh, the problem was we... Uh, you know, myself to blame as well. We brought some people into the mix that should not have been brought into the mix. Not saying that they, um, you know, sank the ship, but they definitely did not uh, help uh, the situation. So um, I think, yeah, like you said, about being pragmatic, bringing the right people. You know, you always want to bring like-minded people into the situation. A lot of these guys are like-minded people. They all love film like we do. They all want to make movies. So you know that they're coming from the right place to some degree. But then there's just a crossroads of being realistic and being delusional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so that's, that's you know, and, and unfortunately... There, I can almost say graph for that. Yeah, no, seriously. Great, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and right, for me, I'm very that. stubborn. There's, the... there's a time where I'm just like, you know, I'm so invested emotionally, financially, physically, like... You don't want to let go of, you know, this idea that you think is, you know, the path to, uh, the path to, uh, I don't know what you call it, the, the path to, uh, freedom's path, you know, the path to the Holy Land or whatever you want to call it. The, it just, you just gotta, you just gotta have realistic people, and you've definitely been one of those people. I give you credit for that. Well, you have I'd... to, you always have to have someone tapping you on the shoulder to uh, be like, "Listen, um, you need a little bit of a reality check right now <laughs> about what's realistic and what's not." So always have people like that. I think that's great advice, actually. You know, there's all. Yeah. I'll take that as a, no, uh, yeah, thanks, absolutely, thanks no, absolutely. You always want to have someone uh, on deck with you that's going to make sure that you navigate the ship in the harbor you know so let's talk about sh shooting in thailand because you have and and that must have been very different to being in the u.s obviously mm -hmm. um but what's it like shooting a film here i mean i've done it so but i ask i mean i haven't done it i've done a five-day shoot well, no yeah like i said of, no know, like i said this like was my first setting? this was my first film ever and uh just in comparison to uh the previous things i've done um I think for the most part, wherever you are, people are genu uh, you know, generally happy uh, to be on set, involved in a film, something they like to do. You know, Americans, we tend to be very spoiled about a lot of things where, you know, we think we're owed things that we have not earned. We are entitled to things that we should not have. There's, there's, and, and I don't want to just bash my country, but like, no, there is at least in my field that I've seen in Hollywood, everyone wants to be famous. Everyone, you know, wants this, this and that, you know, where I come here and I just see people that are working for 
barely anything and they couldn't be happier it's you so know and it's really it's really uh it's just nice you know there's just everyone that showed up to set was always happy they probably worked extra hours that they shouldn't have and you know, for God knows how much, you know, people work for a fifth of the price here. Yeah, you end up having and, three, three full grips. Yeah, no, I mean, our production value ends up being five times the value. Of well. Yeah, they're and they're amazing. actually talented people. And they're all just supportive, you know. Um, and, and outside of Thailand, I've seen that in other places as well. You know, just to the festivals I've gone to that took our film and places like that where, you know... It, it, it definitely is a very unique place here. Um, I, I keep coming back. Uh, people have not been here. Like, why do you like going to Thailand so much? You know, there's multiple reasons. But uh, the main reason is definitely um, the, the just very warm uh, reception you get from people here. So I would love to make another Everyone movie says here. that. It's good to hear that. Cause no, I, it is. I it forget because I live here. So you, when you live in a place you, I don't take it for granted, but I do forget, <clears throat> you know, I go, I used to go back to Singapore quite regularly. Yeah. Like when I first got it, I was working in Singapore. So I'd go there once a month and then I'd come back here and I got it, you know, I'd get on my bike mm -hmm. and cycle around the valley here. And I've just come from Singapore where typically the, the wealth level is a lot higher. You yeah. Know, here I'm in, no, middle yeah. of nowhere yeah. but i'm like everyone is smiling here when i suck through the villages yeah and then i come see where i'm getting like grief yeah no i was just yeah like and... i was just saying uh, at the very beginning of the podcast i started my trip in singapore for about four days with our mutual friend theo and i love singapore it was beautiful there um it's definitely way different uh than thailand um you know i just i love southeast asia as a whole but no i think thailand is just a very very unique place yeah uh and you're very lucky you know where we're sitting right now it's just it's pretty it's pretty amazing yeah i mean I i'm very grateful to be yeah. honest i'm very lucky to be able to sit yeah. here and enjoy this view yeah it is beautiful mm -hmm. so how do you feel as an american overseas i've always always it's interesting being an american in the last few years right yeah, you know, uh, we have we here, have a very Americans. polarized uh, climate right now in our country. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get too much into that, but uh, I uh, I love being an American. I'm proud of being American. I don't wear an American T-shirt wherever I go, like an American flag. You know, I, I mean, yeah, I'm not we like no video here, but yeah, you, know, you yeah. got the muscle shirt. And the yeah, shirt. exactly. But no, I I I can uh, like Tom Cruise. Yeah, slightly, I but. definitely uh, love being an American. I've never had a problem, you know, when I tell people I'm an American. Most people have been pretty receptive to that. Um, but uh, my favorite part of traveling is you just meet so many people from different walks of life. And, um, you know, I'm, I've met everyone on this trip from Germany to England, Australia to malaysia to here to there to china japan and I, I asked the question not because it sounds like i'm being judgmental of americans but uh, i've got a friend here who works in town he's american yeah but he's like he uh, he comes back here and you know i mean pie's a small place mm -hmm. not many americans here he runs a, he runs a wine bar here okay but he's he's a new yorker so mm. a strong accent but he just gets the trump thing you know every time People, you know, and it's less now actually. I think when Trump first got in, but he would just get tourists, not ties. I mean, they don't, they don't 
follow the I don't think typically follow the political agenda mm -hmm. at all, but he would just get grief from the from the kind of backpackers or not backpackers but the the tourists coming in and yeah well you know i think unfortunately uh not only with individuals as a whole in america but in regards to our politics there's also a misrepresentation out there in the world you know about being an american and what our views are and um you know i uh I, I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen some interesting, uh, you know, videos of how Americans conduct themselves overseas and how they act. Um, I think you can find that almost anywhere, though. With Mate, a lot better than the British. I yeah, think. exactly. I, I shouldn't say, say British. I should say English. Yeah, the Engl yeah, English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. renowned for being Yeah, because you're, you're, yeah, you're bringing a lot Europe. of other people in. Yeah. Um, no. Um, listen, America, is, a, is it's a great place. I love it. It will always be my home. I love L.A., but I do get sick of it. And I just think that's anywhere you go. I just... Coming to these countries is almost kind of like an escape from the day-to-day -day bullshit that we have to deal with back there. But again, it's not just in America. It's like do, any do big city. Do you see city. it as the land of the free? I mean, yeah. I uh, Like, I ask that in a way of... Actually, I ask it in a way of... For me, you know, part of me moving here was because I, I, yeah. I never really felt free in the West. Whereas I... I just and this this is probably not a Thai thing. It's yeah, really more just uh, I might just be an environment thing of where I live. Well, outside of paying the, the, bills, it's very free. You know, I mean, just you can go wherever you want, do whatever you want, whenever you want. You just gotta pay. Not like we went to Sydney together, didn't we? I'm just remembering. Yeah, we that. did. Yeah. No, but again, you like... You got closed down in a restaurant for being loud. Do you remember that? Yeah, but then they served me five minutes later. <laughs> but I was, I was quite surprised. I yeah, was it was like, wow. I didn't even do anything. And then like, he came up and asked, have you, I've been drinking. And I was like, yeah. Well, no, you, but Obviously. I don't think you had been drinking. You were just loud. But yeah, like, we were wow, laughing about... Harsh, yeah, man. but like, yeah. But then he came up like five minutes later and wanted to refill my wine glass. So it's just, maybe he just heard I was an American. You just don't know. And he was definitely not even an Aussie. He was like European or something. The waiter. No, but uh, in all seriousness, when you live in the States, you can go to any state you want, any time you want. You can do whatever you want. We can basically travel wherever we want, uh, anywhere that anyone would want to go. Um, yeah, I mean, we just have responsibilities like anyone else, you know. You, you got, you know, I'm luckily a single guy with no kids, so not too many responsibilities. But, um you know, I think we're as free as free gets outside yeah, right. of having the IRS or, you know, bills you got to pay and mortgages and things like that, that I think most countries generally have to deal, uh, to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I'd agree with you. I mean, yeah. I've lived, I've lived away for 20, well, I haven't lived away. I lived out of the UK for 25 years, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> Australia for 10 years and but yes, I ask it because I suppose I've never felt as free as I do living here. But that might just be because of, you know, I'm in the country. That might that could be many things other than just Thailand itself. More yeah, the, more the environment here, which is extremely. Well, this seems very free. Um, I don't want to get too much into it on the podcast and stuff, but yeah, it's it's definitely it's a different type of free here. To me, it's like a freedom of uh, just more. I don't know. It's just, it's very relaxed. Have I sent you down a philosophical rabbit Yeah, hole? now, yeah, you got me like <laughs> thinking real deep now. That's good. Yeah. No, no, no. That, it's a good question, though. That Let's you talk asked. about your mustache then instead. There's no video there. I just noticed you're growing a mustache, right? Yeah, well, I just new, shaved. And I is didn't, this in um, preparation for Top Gun 2? No, I don't know what I did, why I did this. I, uh, 
I had this goatee and I just cleaned it up a little bit and I was going to take the mustache off completely, but every time I shave completely, I mean, I get ID'd to buy a lighter, which isn't a bad thing. That's definitely know? not a bad thing. It's man. not a bad thing, but I definitely look 10 years younger than I am uh, when I'm clean shaven. I like to have a little bit of stubble, but actually this whole trip, I've been virtually clean shaven. This mustache and the goatee I had earlier, that's the first facial hair I've allowed this trip. So yeah, it's nothing for anything in, uh, in particular. But thank you for asking. That's okay. People aren't going to quite yeah. get the... Uh, it, that, that was a video question as opposed to... Uh, anyway, I'm going to get back to being serious on movies. But um, I, something I had in my... I, I, I'm always interested to see how people see the industry now. Mm-hmm. Particularly someone who, who is going to be in it for a, for a good while. Yeah. You know, how do you see the Netflixes of the world versus the kind of traditional movie space? You, you think it's going to die? You think Netflix is going to buy up all the bloody... All the seats. Well, I mean, that's interesting because I was asking. No, no, no. Yeah, I was asking my partner Dean, "What would your dad think?" And he just thinks this industry is so oversaturated. Yeah. In so many ways, um, you know, because again, talking about a family that just traditional cinema. You know, Daryl, his grandpa, implemented sound into film. So I mean, yeah. uh, there's a very uh, there's a very um, emotional attachment for Dean in regards to. Um, you know, being involved in film and independent films, getting them released in the cinema, things like that. You know, look at Martin Scorsese's Irishman. It went to Netflix and it's done very well. Um, but I still think the stipulation was he wanted to have a two weeks of theatrical release in the theater yeah. where he could see it. It went, um, to ne- it went to Netflix within a month, right? I think. Yeah, I don't know. I think, or it might have. Uh, I read an article in the yeah. New Yorker or somewhere about how mm-hmm. he, he, Scorsese was like. Please don't anyone watch this on an iPhone. And it's funny, right? I've started watching a lot of stuff on my iPhone well, now. Scorsese it... says a lot of things I agree with him with. You know, on his yeah. comment on the Avengers and all that stuff too. I do agree with him. It's not real cinema. But anyways, um, I don't think uh, anything's going to change. I mean, you know, I was on the night before my flight out here. I was with a film fund and I was talking with the guys. And they were saying how hard it is to get private equity for films is just becoming tougher and tougher and i don't know how much truth there is to that i mean i just think it's hard (laughs) just Uh, in general i just think i just think everything that's competitive is hard whether it's this profession or being in real estate or being a lawyer yeah this is probably more uniquely hard i think it's more out of people's comfort zones you know when you talk to people that you're doing a movie and you're looking for film i think half the battle is people are intimidated by it they don't want to get involved in something I, that's i'm sure it's always been difficult yeah i can't imagine this ever it's been always easy. been difficult I, certainly coming from a traditional business and trying to go into movie, in terms of getting money it's the hardest thing is being able to prove well prove is the wrong word but being able to being able to pitch the return on investment is much harder. Yeah. Um, how unless you're in that millions, you know, unless you're in that real high end, and, there's and so still many jobs still right there now. There's risks anyway. Yeah, but. there's so much work and so many jobs and so many things being made. I just don't see how a Netflix or a Amazon Prime or a Hulu or a Disney Plus can just buy up all the content, yeah. you know, on everything that's out there in circulation. There's just there's just so much out there, but I definitely do think the streaming services are a very unique platform. They're definitely worthwhile. I think they're awesome, actually, you know, but I don't think buying a ticket to the movies and taking your uh, girlfriend out on a date's going to disappear anytime soon. Yeah, I, 
I've asked this question to a couple of people. I think when Don when I did a um, podcast with him, but he said the same. And I, I don't know. I, there's no cinema here. I miss the movie experience. Yeah, I was so going to say, let's go see in, a movie. Yeah. As soon as I'm in Chiang Mai, the, you know, the first thing we do is go to the movie. We should get so. something set up here. You should get well, like a projector. A, that would be good. You should, absolutely. Midnight movies on the pond. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be good. That's yeah. a very good idea. Get a projector hanging from the tree out there or something here. Watch it. Set up a mat and watch. That'd be cool. That would be you cool. You could do it. It's worth mm-hmm. It's worth thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, with this view, it'd be amazing. So where else have you been in Asia? Thailand? China, Singapore. You've been to China I, for business? for, for Yeah, what? for business. Another film that, you know, that place is so hard to do anything in. Um, what film-wise? Yeah. The legislation you know. or the, the regulation. But I'm really glad I went to Singapore this trip because now... Um, one of the writers that I was talking to you about, Ridley Pearson, he uh, has a book series that um, you know he's been trying to get developed for some time. And Vince Vaughn and his company, Wild West Productions, were involved in it for a while. And I think they just had such a hard time because the first book is in China. They just had such a hard time getting it made there. And Ridley was saying, um, yeah, shoot in Singapore. And then just... When I was with Theo and he was showing me literally every nook and cranny in Singapore, I was just looking around and all the visual aesthetics and just everything about Singapore. And uh, uh, I loved it there, like I was saying earlier in the podcast. That's definitely a place I want to explore doing. So that, fi- that's the first time you've been to Singapore. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back again. I would live in Singapore. I really would. It's got everything it's, I like. It's very always, clean. They always say it's Asia light. You know, as in, you know... Yeah, no, exactly. Not... Well, it's like the New York City of Southeast Asia. It's very... Yeah, it's, it's very... Uh, it's flipping well run. It's yeah, really clean. It's, it's very well yeah. run, but it still has all the, um, uh, you know, Asian culture. You know, from Chinese yeah. to Thai to Indians to Malay to everything. So it's definitely a huge melting pot of different people there. And it's got a Koreatown, a Chinatown, a little Tokyo. I mean, mm. it was a. It was I really, thought you'd like it. I, thought I really like place, it. Yeah. So that's definitely outside of Thailand. That is a place I plan to revisit in the very near future. Mm. Uh, China. I like China. Shanghai was where I went. It's cool. Never seen ever, but it's not top on my to do list right now to go there. Uh, you know, for a variety of reasons. I just, film is already so hard to make. Why make it harder? You know, go to another country that's going to make it even more difficult than how difficult it already is to make just in my country alone. So that's just my kind of view with it. But it's it's interesting to say that, but your decision to take that first movie here, I'm assuming... It's probably easier to do something like that because less actors in LA, right? Yeah. Are going to be willing to get on a plane and walk out in a Bangkok. Yeah, I just think it sounded so interesting. By the way, I think it's a very sensible fucking approach. Yeah, it's just like, you know, my production company is called Systematic Entertainment, and everything I do is in a very systematic way. I look at how things will work and how they won't work, and I think as I've gotten just, you know, a little bit more knowledge as I've learned this industry, um, I still have a very long ways to go, obviously, but I... uh, I just know a thousand ways not to screw in a light bulb and I know how difficult it already is. You know, I look at very systematic ways Mm. to not cut corners. I don't like that word, but definitely advance my career um, while also 
not only in the best interest of the project, but also in the most methodical way possible. And for me, the Thailand option just sounded very uh, unique, very pragmatic, very, the script was done, the script was good, it was packaged, not that long, uh, you know? It just, or I sit around LA all day and wait for my manager to call me. You know, it's yeah. like, it's, it's no, like that. It's like, it's, you're either gonna, you're either gonna get it done yourself, you know, or you're not. You know, one of the best things my grandpa ever told me, he's just said, at the end of the day, no one's gonna put you on your own two feet but yourself, no matter what. Mm. The only, per- the only person that's gonna be responsible for you standing on, you know, both legs is yourself. And uh, I just think that means everything. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, like I say, I think it was, I, I respect the fact that you made those decisions. I, I respect the fact you approach the industry in that way because it tends to be a mixture of, you know, people in it for the art of acting and people in it for business. But I think if you can position yourself somewhere in the middle, you fucking have a lot more yeah, opportunity well, for success. I looked at it like, is this film going to move the needle in my career? Maybe so, maybe not, yeah. or no. Um, Honestly, it hasn't hurt or helped me. It was a film I did. It was my first movie. I'm glad I did it. It opened up the doors to me, uh, you know, in another market outside of L.A. You know, that is the market at the end of the day. So, and that's where I am. But uh, not only that, I just got to go see a whole different culture that's polar opposite than the one I'm accustomed to. And I don't think there's a better education in the world than traveling. So for me, that's what I got out of it. And the film is where it needs to be. Uh, I never thought it was going to just launch me into Top Gun 2 with my mustache. Uh, but it definitely uh, it, 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 it paved a way forward for me to have um, other opportunities. Yeah, right. Who, who did you work with on the movie Who's Local that was... Memorable. Yeah, you worked so, with Vithya, right? Yeah, so I worked with Vithya, who is in Only God Forgives. He was very talented, and he came for a couple days. He's the go-to guy here. You know, it's like every Hollywood movie that comes here. Yeah, they use him. You know, like well, it's they not should. normally big. I mean, actually, Only God Forgives, he had a big part, but I think, but it's great. Like, he is the go-to guy now. Yeah, right? I mean, he, with... he does a very good job, and he's very professional, yeah. and he's just solid. And he's good to work and with. And he's good he's to work easy, with. He's, he's easy. He came, yeah, he's... came for a couple days. Um, Who else was in it? Was it? Then I worked with the uh, the uh, regulars um, that have been here for some time. Uh, Ron Schmorenberg. He you know has done a bunch of the Jackie Chan films. He was a very nice guy, about as nice as can be. You know, can beat up almost anyone, but he was like a gentle giant. I had to learn my fight choreography and like two or three days and he whipped me into it and got all my stuff down and was very patient with me and taught me a lot you know and uh he definitely was someone i enjoyed working with um byron gibson who's only in god forgives as well very talented english actor he uh definitely added a um plus to our movie so he was another uh regular um and then yeah the the writer, director, producer was Dean Alexander. You know, he has more of a background in stunts. Um, very athletic, probably the nicest when, guy you'll ever meet. Did you shoot? Was the whole thing shot in Bangkok? Was yeah, it? all of it. Yeah, we yeah. went out into the sticks a little bit. Um, 
then I think we shot down one well, island. I wasn't there, but maybe it was Kosi Chang. Well, looking at the trailer, was that studio? I mean, some of the stuff looks like big, big clubs. I didn't recognize half of the Yeah, stuff, so they got into a club at Soy Cowboy. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's like one of the most expensive places to shoot. Yeah, well, uh, I, don't... Oh, I know which one it was. So the one from um, The Hangover, probably, which is all jazzed up. The... Was that in Soy Cowboy yeah, as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole place has been done up. It was done up for The Hangover. But well, they shot. Have a look again, yeah, yeah, they shot. Um, I forget the name of it, but I was just in Bangkok and uh, I was with Dean catching up with him and he said he ran into the um, owner of that establishment and they're all very, uh, you know, starstruck still that we shot there. And uh, I would think the fact that it, they did um, the hangover there or whatever, whichever hangover is probably the one that that is on the kind of list because all these places have to go on the film board list. So. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, you know, when I first came to Bangkok, the producer uh, of Haphazard took me to the area in which um, The Hangover 2 was shot. And maybe they shot it in two different parts because one was outside Soy Cowboy. Yeah. More near Soy 8 area. Yeah. So I don't know um, exactly what bar that might have been that they shot in Soy Cowboy. But I do know the other area that they shot in. Mm -hmm. it's fun hey though shooting in bangkok oh man yeah bangkok's fun in general yeah there's a lot of uh a lot of things to do there but no it's it's a cool city it's very modern um clean in some ways dirty in other ways i just rented a uh a boat that took us through all the backwater canals of bangkok with my friend dean and uh i gotta go see another side of thailand and little kind of Komodo dragon lizards, you know, going through the waters and cranes and all that. So, yeah, no, I love it. What do you do when you're back in L.A.? Where'd you go out there? Like, you, you know, I'm kind of reclusive in L.A. I, I feel be. like I've done most of it. You know, you can never go to all the restaurants there, though, in your life. So I don't want to say I've done most of it. But, um, you know, when I'm in L.A., I kind of just stick to myself and only go out you know if it's a date or pertaining to business i just think la is the headquarters of focus you know to be able to have all these other opportunities it's such an interesting place i've been obviously i've been to la i've been to new york i much prefer new york but oh you do yeah yeah but only because very simple thing but for me new york's a city i can easily walk around i love walking around cities la's yeah la's LA's not la's more sprawled out you gotta have a car we went when I went to the AFM. I, you know, I'd done a huge trip getting there, landed, went straight out the first night, met a bunch of people, and yeah. then I ended up in some club, which was like a. I mean, it, we were like forty minutes mm-hmm. from Santa Monica. You know, mm-hmm. it's just so sprawling. Whereas when I was in New York, I could just kind of get up. You know, I could yeah. walk around all night. And yeah, it, you yeah, don't need a not car. A, it's in not New a cultural York. thing. It's purely a geographical, structural thing. Yeah, you don't need like a car it. in New York. Yeah. No, not at all. Way different. I'm a West Coast guy. I like the weather more. Really? Well, yeah. it is more of a beach. I mean, to yeah. be honest, in your industry, it's the place to be. Anyway. Yeah. New York, though, definitely has just as much going on. Um, you know, I think that's more where you go if you want to be a runway model or do high-end fashion. But if you want to be in movies, you definitely want to be in L.A. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. We're going to lose the sun soon, but a couple of... I didn't write my quick-fire questions down, but let me if I can remember if I can... Uh... See if I can remember them, but um, just a 
couple of kind of random thrown out questions. Yeah, hopefully our food's defrosted by now. <laughs> out of the I don't fridge. Do, I don't do. I don't do frozen food. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fresh. What, what, if you weren't an actor, what would you be? You know, that's interesting. I was a very good athlete growing up. I always played hockey. Um, I was very into tennis. I almost went to boarding school for both. Uh, you know, I think I really would have liked being a general manager of a sports team. I can totally I, uh, see you as that. I'm very... Um, when I look at movies and who's attached and what it's about, I just have a very... And when I read a script, I just have a a very laser, like just, I don't know. I just view things a certain way. I know what's going to work and what's not going to work. And when you construct a sports team, you know, who's going to play well together and you know, who's not, you know, and well, that goal, sounds like production. Yeah. It sounds like production. And your yeah. goal at the end of the day is to win a championship. And in our field, it's an Oscar, yeah. you know, Dean Zanuck, my partner really believes that Stanley Tucci's going to get an Oscar nomination for this. And, uh, we have assembled a team and my partner, Dean, will ask me who is the weakest link on the chain, who needs to go, and who do you want to keep? And I view that the same way. When I, you know, um, talk about replacing this person or that person, it's the same exact concept with the sports team. I just, I think I really would have enjoyed that. I really would have enjoyed traveling around the world, traveling, recruiting people, finding athletic people, who meshes well together, who doesn't handling contracts, handling fees, negotiating people. And I just like it. It's like a, uh, not a, like a meat market or anything, but it's like, you know, it's like, it's like a, it's just, it's a business where people are expendable, you know, it's like cattle, you know, in a way. Uh, I just think that's how business works, you know, no matter what it is, everyone is. And uh, if you could go walk in the house right now and uh, meet Craig Ryan of 16, what's that, 12 years ago? Not that long, really, Mm -hmm. but... What advice would you give yourself? Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see this question asked to a lot of people. Oh, I, just, I, I watched question. it asked to Robert De Niro, and he's like, what, 75, 76 Yeah, it's now? not, to be honest, what mate, would you say to your young not, self? But I, you I know, was thinking so what I'd for me, it, but No, I know, no, no, but no, honestly, that's like, yeah, that's like, that's like the circle of life question. It's like, you know, the question that everyone, what would you have told yourself differently? What I would have told myself differently, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, would be listen to my mom more. You know, mom's That's always just right. That's generally good advice. <laughs> yeah, no, like, and she would love to hear that I'm saying that. But listen to my mom more. My mom, when I was very young, wanted to put me in the entertainment world. She was wanting me to do, you know, uh, modeling and acting and That's all these things. And I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I wasn't nice. You know, people were very friendly with me. I just hated waiting in a trailer six hours a day. I was just a very impatient kid growing up. And lo and behold, here I am trying to, uh, you know, uh, carve out my uh, path, um, you know, and I know I'll make it. I just have, a, you know, a long road of, of dedication. I think that's life. Even if you're Tom Cruise, you're always going to be working on yourself till the end of time but no going back telling 16 year old craig what i would have done differently i would have stuck with those things more that my mom uh told me to do i just think when parents force things on you kids aren't as receptive to it at least i wasn't i think part of the reason i gave up hockey and sports is my dad was more into it than i was and it was a turnoff 
And I think when my mom was kind of pushing those things on me, yeah, I just wanted to be a regular people, kid and go outside and scrape my knees, you know? When people push things on you, yeah, I mean, I totally... If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect so that's, sense. So that's honestly the best advice I could have give, give myself, you know? And uh, realize that high school's bullshit, middle school's bullshit, all the people you think that are your best friends growing up that are so important to you, it's all bullshit. And when you get older, you're going to keep in touch with almost none of those people. And you're going to make new friends. You're going to meet new people. You're going to go to new places. You're going to just, it just changes. You know, that's one thing I would definitely uh, tell myself as well. This is all like, you know, you think, you know, it is what it is, but it's all going to work out. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we're kind of um, drawing to a close. Anything I haven't <clears throat> haven't asked you that you'd like to talk about? Anything that's... No, I think we've covered it. You know, we started with mm, my sunglasses on and the sun glaring in my eyes. And now my sunglasses well, are Well, let's talk off. about... Actually, let's end, on top, let's end on Top Gun too. I mean, you how old were you when Top Gun came out? The original? I wasn't you were, born. You weren't even born, right? No. So, no, of course, because I was... I remember... Yeah, I would have been like single digit, actually, thinking about it. So it comes out this year, but I know you're a massive Tom Cruise fan, right? Yeah, I love Tom. <clears throat> um, no, be so good you obviously have watched that. You've obviously watched Top Gun. Yeah, I've seen the yeah, probably of course. Times. I've so, seen yeah, everything. He's so done. what do you think about? I've not even watched the trailer for Top Gun too. No, actually. I saw the trailer. I mean, it. Uh, I don't it, know how they're going to follow up. Very hard. Thirty years later. Or yeah, well, I think is. the director is Joseph Kaczynski or Kaczynski. Yeah, something like that. He did Oblivion, and I think he's really talented. And he did Tron. Yeah. Um, from what I can see uh, with the Tom Cruise, I guess, is doing all his own I, mate, I stuff like, in I've the never plane. been a massive Tom Cruise fan, but in the last five he's years... He's as committed as yeah, they but, come. Well, of course he is, but I think just from an acting perspective, I think he's become much more interesting in the in recent times. Yeah, see, I have Maybe people say they him. don't like his acting as much, but what they do like is he's so nice, he's so likable... I think people respect that he does all of his own stunts. He's so committed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've yeah. never, oh, I've never met anyone that thinks he's the best actor of all time. Nothing like that. No, he's not that type of actor. But he's, he's uh, not. He's, he's an all-rounder. He's an all-arounder, and yeah. that's almost better to be. So oh. I'm, I am excited to see it. You know, 2019. I know we're in 2020 now. But 2019, man, had some great movies. Well, this I was going to be my... The, yeah, I think you're going you're yeah. to answer the question I'm going to ask. But yeah, what, was your, what are your highlights? The Joker. I knew, I'm glad you said that. Once that Upon a Time so, in Hollywood. I still haven't seen that. In the, the Irish, Joker was brilliant. In The Irishman. I mean, those are my three favorite films this year. Rockin' Phoenix was fucking... Yeah, I mean... And, and I mean, I got to tell you, when I hear the cinema's dying and this... Dude, cinema's back in that regard. I mean, they cranked out some great films. So I hope... Uh, 2020 delivers um, on what 2019 did. Uh, we'll see. So do I. But 2019, man, I got to tell you, they came out with some great movies to round it off, you know, at the end of the year. So uh, those were definitely the highlights for me in terms of movies. Cool. Well, yeah. let's hope that 2021 is Craig Ryan. Let's do it. Awesome, man. <laughs> well, um, thank you. Let's go and enjoy some frozen. Uh, yeah, some frozen. frozen uh, what's it called again? Chili con carne. Chili mate. con carne. Yeah, let's do frozen it. Frozen chili con carne. Well, hope. Oh, I'm sure it's defrosted by now. We'll yeah, see. I'm sure it is. Awesome. All right. All right well, mate, thanks for taking the time, and, uh, man. That yeah, was fun, all the man. Best. Good awesome. Luck. Thank you. I appreciate Speak it. To you soon. Cheers, awesome. man.